our general objective as Google is making sure that we're supporting the long-term health of that ecosystem. And now where the GNI focuses is on really building on that long-standing company commitment to journalism and helping news publishers grow and thrive in today's digital age. More and more journalists are taking advantage of tools provided by the Google News Initiative to help better cover the news. GNI is also helping newsrooms find ways to be financially successful as well. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Ben Monty is a longtime business leader who's passionate about helping the news industry transition to digital and build sustainable business models to help them do that. Ben is also the director of Global Partnership Solutions for News at Google. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you, Michael. Nice to meet you and nice to be here. It's great that you're, you're here and you're giving us some of your time. So first of all, tell me a little about your role at Google. What, what do you oversee and what are your responsibilities? I work within the Global Partnerships organization at Google, helping to make sure that all of the the folks that work with the news industry uh, at Google are providing as much value as possible and that we're essentially doing our part to create a sustainable, healthy news ecosystem. Okay. Before we sort of go much further, I know people, when when they hear Google, they think of one thing, they think of the search engine. You know, I'm a journalist, so I'm familiar with you know, Google News and the Google News Initiative. Can you sort of explain, you know, what is Google News and, and what is the Google News Initiative? Yeah. So Google's mission overall is to kind of organize the world's information and, and make it universally accessible and useful. So people come to Google looking for news and information that they can trust. So our general objective as Google is making sure that we're supporting the long-term health of that ecosystem. And now where the GNI focuses is on really building on that longstanding company commitment to journalism and helping news publishers grow and thrive in today's digital age. So this notion of people come to Google for news information and Google News Initiative in particular is focused on creating healthy business models, healthy quality journalism ecosystems, et cetera. So those organizations can actually succeed. What is it that actually the Google News Initiative is doing specifically to help newsrooms? So we launched the Google News Initiative back in March of 2018. And again, kind of was on the back of 15 years or so of of Google's investment and work with the news industry. And we launched it around three pillars. The first was around quality journalism. The idea being, you know, we wanted to make sure that good information and good quality journalism was showing up on our platforms, as well as, you know, on the web writ large. Two was on evolving business models so that news organizations don't just survive, but thrive. And then the final one is leveraging you know, emerging technology so that essentially we can help the news industry overall transition to digital. Now, what have we done? Actually, we just published last week something we're calling a GNI impact report, which is a look at all of the work that we've done through the GNI over the last two plus years, working with 6,000 plus recipients and partners of that work across each of these three areas, across the entire globe, spending almost $190 million to do that. Uh, The GNI overall has a $300 million kind of global investment over three years to to really supercharge our efforts. Yeah, what have we done in, in each of those kind of three pillars? Evolving quality journalism, some of our work there involves newsroom training through our our news lab team. So this is helping journalists around the world 
understand how to leverage Google tools and just generally new technology to be able to do a better job with their work. And, and we've essentially trained hundreds of thousands of journalists in person and 1.7 million journalists online through tools available in our online training center, which is available on our website. We've also so done great work with media literacy and misinformation programs and in industry associations and bodies who are kind of working on this, like First Draft, Check Facta in Indonesia and, and other organizations. And we have similar examples that I can provide in, in those other two pillars. So why was it important for Google to do this? What is the interest they have in, in helping the news industry? By virtue of the fact that, again, Google's mission is to organize the world's information. You know, news is part of that. And so this is a, an alignment in, in mission. That's one. Two is our business models are such that our success is reliant specifically on publisher success. So many of our business arrangements are kind of revenue share. And so we have aligned incentives. There's also kind of a, a pure civic desire for the organization to make sure that essentially we are a, a force for good in the ecosystem overall. And that really drives a lot of the work, particularly the people who are executing a lot of these programs on the ground, as well as the executives who are essentially supporting this work. So you mentioned tools that journalists can use. What are some of the things that people may be familiar with? Maybe what are some of the things that are newer that they may not be familiar with? So one of the great tools just from a pure journalistic perspective is Google search itself and, and trends, which shows kind of what people are, are searching for. There are tools and trainings essentially to help news organizations understand and, and journalists to understand how they can leverage that for, for their reporting. We've also spent a good amount of time investing in something we're calling News Consumer Insights. It's essentially a, a tool that lives on top of Google Analytics and Google Analytics 360 to make information about analytics that much more, I guess, digestible and accessible for organizations who don't have kind of big teams of kind of analysts working on audience. And so that's useful for journalists as well as for the business side of newsrooms. Part of that tool is you know, defining segments of users. So there's a segment we call brand lovers, which speaks to kind of users who are coming 15 times a month to the site and trying to understand what their behaviors are, what their needs are to help inform your content strategy, your audience development strategy and the like. That team has also created something called real-time content insights, which also kind of leverages some of the information. And these are free tools leverages some of the information about what people are searching for and what they're engaging online to inform kind of content strategy. So, and people are able to, to access that through Google and then also get training as well? Yeah, the, uh, the tools are available. Hopefully they're designed to be as self-service as possible. And then we have tons of trainings available to kind of put, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of those people through those every year. You've been doing this, you, you got the status report after launching this two years ago. Have newsrooms' needs changed much over that period of time, or are you sort of seeing the same sort of problems that each newsroom was facing two years ago? That's a great question. We kind of try to make sure we're being adaptive to what's going on in the industry, and that requires kind of listening to and you know, actually surveying, talking to organizations of different types. What we found has been, you know, there's some themes that are consistent. News organizations need help, you know, essentially learning and understanding how to leverage tools to, to be able to do their jobs most effectively. So that's on the newsroom side, but also on kind of the advertising side. 
the consumer marketing sides, you know, technology, et cetera. We've also kind of found that technology is, is hard for a lot of particularly small organizations. There's a lot of legacy kind of tech debt that people deal with and a lot of kind of data debt, particularly when trying to understand their users and understand kind of a, a consistent canonical view of what is accurate for their business. What we found though, and particularly I think over the last couple of years, that there's some things that are, are new and different. So one thing that's you know not going to be uncommon to you and, and many listeners of your podcast is that reader revenue has become more important over the last two plus years for news organizations. One of the things that we've we've done and has been investing meaningfully in kind of tools, let's call them products, partnerships, programs to help news organizations essentially be successful with consumer revenue. So one of the things that we've launched in the last, let's say, I think we launched it in September, so in the last couple months globally, but we had launched it in, in Europe in June, is something we're calling the, the Digital Growth Program. Mm-hmm. And this is essentially an umbrella program to capture all of the playbooks, workshops, how-tos, tools, best practices around business topics that are important to news organizations, including consumer revenue. Yeah, so we launched this specifically with kind of a fully built out reader revenue playbook and workshops. The playbook itself is a, a document that was created based on some of our work with more than 50 publishers over the last couple of years, as well as with some industry experts that have done and participated in some of this work. So FTI Consulting, Mather Economics, Financial Times Strategies, News Revenue Hub, Membership Puzzle Project, and, and several others, as well as industry associations that we've done work with, local media association, WANIFRA, INMA. And the idea was, let's actually create a canonical playbook that will actually help organizations who don't have the resources of a place like where I came from, the New York Times, to be able to essentially be successful in, in either membership slash contributions revenue or subscriptions revenue. And let's give them really specific, practical, and actionable sets of recommendations. Very few people read playbooks, you know, so we wanted to make sure these are accessible. So we built a series of tools as well as live workshops and are complementing that with in-person labs that, you know, pull from say the work of the subscriptions lab that we did for nine plus months with LMA and FTI last year, as well as some of our other subscriptions components that we've had over the last couple of years through the life of the GNI. You mentioned uh, subscriptions, but are you ad- addressing a variety of, of business models out there? Yes, 100%. So subscriptions is one of several, you know, revenue streams on, you know, the consumer revenue stream. And then obviously there's other revenue streams beyond just user revenue streams. So we're working with News Revenue Hub and Membership Puzzle Project on engagements that are actually built into the reader revenue playbook around contributions and membership particularly for smaller organizations, nonprofit organizations, organizations that have really strong messages around their mission. Those organizations that tend to be much more inclined to lean on subscription revenue models. And then obviously advertising is huge and continues to be a driving force for uh, digital revenue for many organizations that we're working with. And so, you know, that's kind of part, that's frankly bread and butter for Google in terms of powering digital advertising revenue. But for small organizations, we're working right now with the INN, which works with nonprofit organizations and several organizations to essentially run through a a lab around generating sponsored 
revenue, so sponsorships. And this is for you know small nonprofits. This is you know direct kind of face-to-face -face selling, selling on the basis of kind of the value proposition of your individual site, trying to avoid it as kind of a, a kind of a CPM-based buy, but more of a share of voice buy. And that is something that we recognize is going to be critical for organizations, particularly smaller organizations, who need to again achieve not just break-even status, but hopefully kind of growth status. Can you talk about some of your success stories with smaller newsrooms and perhaps larger organizations? So uh, I'll talk to only because we spent, it's always fresh in my mind and we spent so much time on it. The participants in our subscriptions lab in the U.S. have some great examples there. So the Buffalo News, they were an organization that we worked with, or they are an organization that we worked with for, again, I think it was more than nine months, so nine to 12 months over the course of this subscriptions project. And, you know, they ended up really waking up to the idea. They were already committed to subscriptions, but really, I think, came away from one of our sessions saying, you know what, we can actually achieve this level of sustainability in, in digital. And so I think, one, it was a kind of a top-down, C-level kind of alignment around digital subscriptions around digital. Because, you know, so much as we know of success with digital it's not about, you know, you do X, Y, Z things and automatically you're going to be successful. It is, you have a top-down commitment to, you know, a digital strategy and a digital future and a belief in all things that you're doing that this is how you need to align your organization. So I point to that, that kind of commitment coming out of that meeting and out of that project as a real example of success. And then obviously too, when you look at some of the results of the experiments and some of the recommendations that were executed in over the course of that project with Buffalo, as well as the nine other participants in that subscriptions, you know, engagement, that was a really meaningful set of, of results. So we had double digit improvements in growth rates in terms of consumer revenue, new subscriber starts, improvements in retention slash churn as well. Like some of these core metrics that organizations focused on digital subscriptions should be kind of looking to every minute, every day to say, this is my business and I know that it's healthy. And if I get these metrics to improve by X percent, Y percent, then I actually know that I'm on a path to sustainability. What would you say to a newsroom, somebody who comes to you that is having, having difficulty that, you know, maybe a sort of a traditional community newspaper that's still relying on display advertising, but, you know, display advertising is going away. They're losing readers. They need to identify a new revenue stream. I know you mentioned, you know, sort of top-down buy-in. You know, what would you say to somebody coming to you about what they should be thinking about and, and how, you know, how they should sort of position themselves to move to, you know, sustainable digital business? So I first start by trying to understand their situation. I don't want to presume that I know what makes their business and their kind of newsroom and their kind of product overall work and, and what could make it even better. Presumably having kind of understood a little bit more about what those opportunities are, there's some kind of truisms or things that apply to every organization. So one, is it a strategy issue? Do you have a commitment on what you are as an organization trying to achieve? Are you, for example, 100% focused on reader revenue and building out a, a core loyal audience of a certain size who's you know contributing you know a certain amount of revenue. Are you focusing on scale and therefore need as many 
you know, uniques as possible to be able to tell an important story to your advertisers. So there's a question around just strategy in general. There's also a question around, you know, what's your product experience like? Is there a clear value proposition and promise that you're making to readers that distinguishes you from others and makes you something that people want to spend a meaningful amount of time with, potentially either paying dollars out of their pocket or at least you know, spending meaningful time with through their, their lives because they have any number of alternatives for their available free time. There's a technology question. What is essentially your, your build out there? Is this a, a source of opportunity and strength for you or is it a liability? Then there's a people and culture question. Do you have the right people on the bus? Are they effectively trained up and moving in the same direction and bought into the direction you need to take the organization? And then finally, does all of this come together in, again, a coherent set of numbers that is actually reflective of you know, positive profitability um, or at least a path to that? And are you really understanding what the kind of opportunities are as well as the potential icebergs in your path as you kind of chart out a, a path to hopefully you know, growth and, and profitability on an ongoing basis? And then we talked before about the impact report that uh, GNI just just released. What have you been able to learn from that? And what sort of strategies are you thinking about moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the nice thing about Google is that there are, you know, hundreds of people working on things related to the news industry, all kind of trying to focus in the same general direction, which is how can we actually help news organizations be successful? What you see from that is lots of different, you know, ideas, lots of, of creative energy around kind of some of these business topics, these journalism topics and the like. As I sat back and read this report, I was kind of overwhelmed by the, the sheer volume of, of work that had been done over the last couple of years. And then my role was kind of trying to hold the center on the GNI. Definitely feel like there's an opportunity to double down on some of our efforts around business models and particularly helping synthesize a lot of the learnings we've had from our innovation challenges, from our various labs, from our product engagements. And further synthesize that into, again, a set of recommendations, workshops, playbooks, so that we can actually arm people, news organizations with the tools and know-how to be able to actually achieve some level of success. So digital growth program is a really important part of that. I'm also excited about some of the work that we've been doing to support digital native organizations and, and early stage news organizations. So in the United States, we've done some work over the last you know, probably nine months or so with UNC, Lion, and uh, Doug Smith, who founded kind of the Salzberger program and, and Table Stakes to essentially do research on digital natives and particularly local digital natives, startups and the like, who have, you know, started up in the last probably five to 10 years here in the United States and understanding what choices have they made, what is successful, what's not. And we're calling this thing Project Oasis. So I'd come up with the idea with folks from Lion and Doug, you know, to essentially say, we know the great news deserts work that Penny Abernathy has, has done at UNC. We need to actually make sure we're cultivating the oases, those areas with water in these markets that are actually successful and continue to be successful. So we've been doing some of that work. From that has emerged a startups program that we've done with Lion to be able to essentially arm early stage entrepreneurs to be successful with their digital startups. We also have this great work we're calling Local Experiments, where we've partnered with 
McClatchy, city side in California to build out new digital native organizations. We're excited to see that continue to blossom. And then we've also partnered very closely and invested meaningfully in Newspack, which is a partnership with WordPress Automatic to create a CMS that can be hopefully eliminate or at least alleviate a lot of the technology debt and challenges that many small digital native and, and frankly legacy organizations, but digital native organizations face when they're starting up and, and running digital organizations. So let's put that all under the umbrella of how can we help digital native news organizations be successful. Really excited on that, really excited about the digital growth program. And then obviously really excited about our continued commitment to training journalists, fighting misinformation and improving media literacy and the like. I'm glad we got sort of back to the media literacy and also the fight against misinformation uh, because it's something that, that in the two years since you've been you've been working is it's certainly been something that's been on the mind of a lot of journalists. Where do you see that you know GNI's role at this point in in that battle for fighting misinformation for you know promoting media literacy? Elevating quality journalism is is one of the core pillars of of the GNI. And we will continue to work with folks in the industry to kind of make sure that we're supporting them, that they have the tools and resources to be able to kind of combat misinformation, combat disinformation, and elevate quality. I'd suggest actually reading the quality journalism section of our impact report just to get a sense of the texture of work that we do there in in that particular category. It's something that I'm personally more close to the the business model and, sure. and digital growth program work, so happy to kind of talk more on that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's okay. I, I hear those phrases and I kind of perk up. So what is it you like about this sort of intersection of business and, and media? Or do you like it? You just don't like it. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I'm thinking because I, you know, I, I was uh, a journalism kind of nerd in high school and college. I edited my college newspaper and just have always loved, well, I love journalism and I, I love essentially the role that it plays and well, telling our, our story as a kind of society, as a community and the like, and then again, holding truth to power or sorry, holding power to account. I also love kind of the, the problem solving dimension of the fact that the industry is going through and has been for kind of decades, radical transformation as users are changing their behaviors fundamentally as kind of new business models are emerging as kind of new opportunities are emerging. So working at the New York Times for you know a decade plus, it was so exciting to kind of walk into that organization um, and that building when we were in our location in Times Square, in a building we've been in for a hundred years, you know, go to the wood paneled library with stained glass windows and kind of soak up the energy and history of that organization, but then also think through, you know, questions like, you know, how does the introduction of e-ink and electronic paper, and this is back, you know, 10 plus years ago, how does that change our business model? Should we be thinking of ourselves as a, a different kind of company? How does the internet change what we're doing? And really just embracing those kinds of questions and obviously not getting lost in the, the kind of theory of it, but really making pragmatic decisions to you know, pivot towards where the opportunity is, where to use it, where users are going and the like, like those are really heady and really fascinating and really critical conversations and conversations. I'm really happy to like be advancing with the Google news initiative 
by arming news organizations with some of the tools, capabilities, know-how that you know many of them would love to have access to, but aren't big enough to be able to support. So what's next for the digital growth program? Yeah, so we launched this program in September and we started with a fully fleshed out reader revenue pillar, playbook, tools, workshops. We've got probably, I think we're in the seventh of 10 workshops that we've, we've live workshops that we've launched. Several of those are available digitally. So what's next? We will be announcing, I think it will be announced by the time this podcast goes out to air, a lab, an accelerated lab that we're doing with publishers in Latin America and North America, as well as there's a legacy publishers, as well as a cohort of, of digital native publishers from both regions to essentially follow the curriculum of the digital growth program, but kind of provide much more hands-on guidance and, and support from FTI Consulting, as well as from Local Media Association and Wanifra, as well as obviously Google. And so the idea, generally speaking, is we went through these labs, really, really deep work, like the kind of work that my team at the, the New York Times, I ran the strategy team, would be doing with our organization. And I had a you know, multi-person team, but that takes you know nine months, 12 months, and we could only put a certain number of publishers through it. What we wanted to do with the digital growth program is kind of templatize and scale that. So how can we make that repeatable and available and accessible to as many people as possible? We have these kind of workshops, these things that you know hundreds, if not thousands of people have registered, but this lab is going to hopefully kind of be a middle ground between these two things. And we're gonna see what works. Part of what we're telling news organizations is to say, adopt an experiment-based mindset we need to be eating our own dog food. So we're essentially experimenting with what works better and what helps news organizations more. So that's one thing I'm excited about and what's coming. The other thing coming is we have a lot of material around our other topics. So audience, advertising, product, and data. We have a lot of tools. So on audience, we have News Consumer Insights. We've done an audience lab. We have really great playbooks that the News Consumer Insight team has, has created. We just need to essentially like, you know, repackage that and make sure we have enough examples and it's relevant to organizations of all types around every, you know, major region in the world. So we're going to be launching those additional pillars and building that out on the digital growth program website, which, you know, people can turn to now and, you know, see what we have available and see what workshops are available. I've been talking to Ben Money, the Director of Global Partnership Solutions for News at Google about uh, the Google News Initiative and its recent impact report. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Ben. Thank you. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>